where you going? No, man, you got the right classroom. Come on in, take a seat beside me, my friend. Hey, look, here come T.A. Charlie. Let's see what he got to say. Yeah, yeah. Get ready, folks. This is going to be a show. Today's show is sponsored by the letters W, T, and F. In the words, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. <laughs> You're watching The Road to Concord with <laughs> Professor Joe Bakanovic. This will be Sergeant Bakanovic today. Le- bless your hearts. <laughs> Homeroom is on Rumble. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get through this today. My throat's got a frog in it. Ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. Uh, go to Rumble and search ribbit. channels for The Road to Concord. It's one word. When you find it, you go ahead and click follow. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Ribbit. It might mean you got to set up an account, but it's fast, it's easy, it's free. <laughs> you can do it. For those technologically challenged members of the class, you can also catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, and sometimes on YouTube. <clears throat> that's when the professor won't get himself censored. Mostly that's just Wednesday. Then you can catch the podcast after the show. It's a good thing I ain't doing I think Charlie Croak. <laughs> <laughs> it's uploaded to Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Uh, Florida allergies and sometimes bit shoot when it works. Hey, we have a squirrel in the house today. Just, oh my gosh, we got Shh, he's a secret. Shh. Yes, we're going to be Shh. talking about secrets. We're, we're today. a society, Shh. and we're secret. It's a secret <laughs> society. Shh. Joe, so, you're giving away our secret. It's that's a society. It's called the Woodrow freaking Wilson Society. <laughs> you can go to the blog page. That's the road to concord.com. That's where you find all your show notes, study notes, and handouts for the class. Finally, you can email a professor, Joe, at the road to concord.com. <laughs> he, he got caught up yesterday, it looks like. Yep. So uh, he will email you back eventually. Phones are on today. <laughs> you might want to use them. Uh, 229-469-0335, but only for registered numbers. Uh, we only accept calls from regular known listeners. If you wish to call in and are a regular known listener, you no can Dodo request cops. phone access through an email. If you find our classes helpful, please click the thumbs up, like, subscribe, and share with those you think could benefit from it. We've got a lot of tardy classmates checking in here this morning. <laughs> Charlie going to be handing out some sentences. <laughs> oh, my. You know, I, I have yet to get a term paper in. Uh, just we've warned got a lazy class joe is an acquired taste yes wasabi black coffee you're gonna find that out today oh my gosh <laughs> this show is listener sponsored meaning we do not solicit business advertising and it sure wouldn't work today <laughs> no uh, so we're not limited in the content we provide for you you'll find that out today too with that said we ask for your participation <clears throat> on a value for value basis if you find our show of value to you then you provide an equivalent portion of your labor and treasure through the donut link on the Road to Concord blog page, speaking of donuts, we will have donuts tomorrow. And the show description on Rumble and the comments on the other streams. And I finally made it through. Oh, my gosh. Hey, we all know T.A. Charlie isn't all there. Now, just stay seated and give it a chance. You soon realize <laughs> we not might be the smartest, but we each independently form opinions based on reason and logic. We're free thinkers. It's not going to be a lot of logic Let's here today. You know, if Aaron spelt that word with a T, he'd be tarty <laughs> instead of tardy. It means he'd be a little on the bitter side, you know. Anyway, 
Folks, this is going to be one of those days. Oh, boy, is it going to be one of those days. We almost didn't get to do the show. Our AI didn't show up. This is what happens when you design your AI to become sentient and female. Decided to just take the day off on its own accord, forgetting that it's a computer program and it's still supposed to do what we tell it to do. I told you it was a manual reboot. It was mandatory, and I apologized. Oh, and the dog chewed some pads, so I had to get that up. It's the dog's fault. <laughs> See, our AI is smart, folks. It's already figured out it's always the dog or some dog's fault. So it's going to be another art bell today. Another art bell day today. I spent last night, I'm going, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Nothing came. Got up this morning. I'm laying in bed. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? The dogs are jumping all over the place trying to wake me up. Come on, dad, let's go. It's time to eat. And I'm sitting here going, what am I going to do on the show today? Nothing. I get here. Waiting for Charlie to show up. Nothing. Last few minutes of the show, I figured out what we're going to do today. And it is going to be an Art Bell kind of day. <laughs> There's my man. Art. Only problem is that we're in the morning. Broad daylight. There's sort of kind of sun up. You know, daylight savings time. You never know anymore. But this is supposed to be like at 3 o'clock at night, you know. It's supposed to be dead of the night when we do these things. I, I, I started looking. And I want to share this with you. You know, our bell means we just go wherever the heck we want to go. And I, I got on the internet and I'm kind of trying to find ideas, you know. So six conspiracy theories turned out to be true. And I was, and, and just let me walk you through some of this stuff. Because, you know, truth is stranger than fiction. And if you're a longtime listener and you haven't run into one of these days yet, please fasten all five points of your harness. This could be a bumpy day. So we go, uh, it wasn't a weather balloon that crashed in Roswell, New Mexico. Turns out supposedly an actual flying saucer. No, that's not what they said. They said they did recover a disc. We've already covered this before. Anyhow, uh, American scientists militarized the weather. Yep, we've covered that one before. Yes, they, they've used the weather to fight a war. And they can create earthquakes and all sorts of stuff. We know that that's true. And what else did I find? The U.S. government has investigated UFOs for years. Well, la-ti-da. They told us that during the middle of COVID. And everybody like, well, ho-hum, where are the land sharks at? We already got killer hornets and toilet paper shortage. So nobody paid any attention to the UFOs. Magnetic materials in money can be used to determine the number of bills a person is carrying. Well, <laughs> duh. We've known about that for a while. This this site here was very boring. It didn't. People who are chipped can be tracked by satellite. Again, duh. Been doing that for a long time. The government poisoned alcohol during prohibition. Well, yes and no. It's not exactly quite how they did that. They encouraged the companies making alcohol to add more poison to it. Anyway, that one was very boring. So I went to the Reader's Digest, 12 conspiracy theories that actually turned out to be true. Again, says, I'm not crazy. You all are crazy. Let's see what we have here. The Dead Baby Project. What? Well, the story was that the government was stealing dead babies to irradiate them. Close. They were stealing baby parts. Uh, bad booze. We've already covered that one. The first lady who ran the country. Well, you got one doing that now. But yeah, this was true because Woodrow Wilson had a stroke. Woodrow freaking Wilson. And instead of removing him, his wife just ran the country for him, which technically means everything she signed eh, wasn't legal. Not that we care anymore. Government mind control. 
Yeah, we've already covered that before too. The CIA was CIA was using LSD and hallucinogens to try and control people's minds. You know, MK Ultra, and they even put it in the water supply of small cities. The Dalai Lama's impressive salary. The, the conspiracy is that the Dalai Lama was a CIA agent. Well, he was on the CIA payroll. Yes, that's true. Back in the '60s, <laughs> collected one hundred eighty thousand dollars or whatever, tuned into a one point seven million. Then there's a conspiracy that John Lennon was under government surveillance. Turns out that was a little true, too. The government is spying on you. Yep, turns out that Snowden was correct about that one as well. Uh, Big Tobacco knew that cigarettes caused cancer. Ah, ho-hum. A fake battle, a real war. This is the Gulf of Tonkin incident that started the Vietnam War. Oh, snoozer. We know that, too. There is alien evidence in America's Southwest. Ah, Roswell, right? No, actually, there's a company that buried a whole bunch of Atari video games because the game was a flop, so they just buried them in the desert. Canada tried to develop Gaydar. Well, yeah, that's actually true. They tried to develop a means of determining whether or not you were a homosexual. The Illuminati and the U.S. government. Uh, That's a schnoozer. We know that one's full of boo-boo-boo. And I found one more, 20 conspiracy theories that were proven true. Operation Mockingbird. Well, we've already covered that, you know, CIA mind control. And then uh, Roswell, well, we covered that, and that's an ad. And this one here is Edward Snowden's revelations about government spying on you. And, and, and we've, we've covered that. Gulf of Tonkin, oh, we've covered that. The business plot, I have no idea. We, oh, yeah, that's right. Wealthy businessmen allegedly planned to planned a coup to overthrow President Roosevelt and install a fascist government. The plot was exposed by Marine Corps General Smedley Butler, the same one who wrote War is a Racket, quit the Marine Corps, quit the government, said he's the first one to warn us about the uh, military industrial complex in the United States. Another ad, and this one is Operation Ajax. The U.S. and the United Kingdom orchestrated a coup in Iran in 1953 to overthrow Prime Minister Mohammad Mossadegh, or whatever his name was, who had nationalized the country's oil industry. You know, it's always about the oil. Operation Northwood was a proposed false flag operation by the U.S. government in the 1960s to stage a terrorist attack on the U.S. citizens to justify a war in Cuba. The plan was rejected by President Kennedy, but it was later revealed through declassified documents. Ooh. So the United States government would never attack its own people in Oklahoma or New York, or anywhere else for that matter, or D.C. I mean, we only planned it to do it once before. And we were stopped by, you know, Boy Wonder and Camelot. But now we have Woodrow freaking Wilson's deep state, who doesn't ask the president before it goes and does whatever the heck it wants to do. So do you suppose that maybe, just maybe, they wouldn't have a problem with staging a false flag attack on our own citizens so that they could, um, I don't know, Patriot Act or crack down on talk radio, conservative talk radio, or give everybody a jab that causes young men to have heart conditions that make them drop dead in the middle of the middle of the football game. It is conspiracy theory Thursday. And all I'm going to be doing today, boys and girls, is just asking questions. I don't know. Slideshow's not done. What's this Operation Gladio?
a, a secret NATO network of anti-communists stayed behind armies operating in Europe from the 1950s to the 1990s. It was involved in numerous terrorist attacks and assassinations. Ooh, the Western government using terrorist attacks again. I thought we were pure as the wind-driven snow in our in the West. Oh, that's another ad and counter coin pro the fbi's counterintelligence program was aimed at disrupting and discrediting political organizations in the u.s it included illegal surveillance infiltration and harassment of civil rights leaders and anti-war activists oh today we just call it fake book and then then the tuskegee tuskegee syphilis experiment we know about that one the iran contra affair we know about that one and another ad and the Levon affair this is in 1954. Israeli agents planted bombs in the U.S. and U.K. targets in Egypt to frame Muslim Brotherhood militants and damage U.S.-Egyptian relations. The operation became known as Levon Affair after Israel Defense Minister Pinhas Levon, who was forced to resign. Ooh. Conduct an attack and blame it on the Muslims. See, Joe, we told you that the Muslims have all been innocent. No, no, they haven't. It's just that now the secret American government is now working with the Muslims. So that would be like the Muslims attacking the Muslims or the Democrats attacking the Democrats. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just conspiracy theory Thursday. It's Art Bell. You know, cue the f- creepy music. Do, 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 do. Slideshow continues. Oh, I promise you, we've got a few good things to talk about today. Just not yet. And the Watergate, you know, we know about that conspiracy. In the BCCI scandal, the Bank of Credit and Commerce International was a corrupt bank that laundered money for drug cartels, terrorists, and corrupt politicians. Its downfall in the 1990s exposed widespread corruption in the banking industry, and they immediately moved it to the Ukraine. What did I say that? CIA assassinations. The CIA was involved in multiple assassination of foreign leaders, including Patrice Lumaba. Of Congo in Salvador Allende of Chile, and supposedly Mr. Breitbart himself. But you know we can't go there. That's a conspiracy theory. The Iran-Contra drug trafficking, uh, the Manhattan Project. I don't know how that was a scandal or, or secret society. The Iran hostage crisis. Uh, more secret societies. MK Ultra prohibited poisoning. Da 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 da. The point being, if you look into this. Some of this stuff turns out to be true. Like just about every conspiracy theory we've been telling for the last 15 to 20 years that has been proven true since COVID and the election theft and all that other stuff. You know, um, I don't remember how that goes, but, you know, if you're keeping track, the conspiracy theorists are up something like 17 to nothing, right? Something like that. Charlie lost my meme. Otherwise, I'd have shared it with you. He's misplaced it because he's got one sitting here ready to go when he's ready for it. But I found another story that now this one is very interesting. I found something new today, something I did not know about. Did you all know that zombies are real? Do you see me blinking? I'm not laughing at you. Zombies are real. I was in the Reader's Digest, right? Weird things that are true. DSG 1973 on the board. Is it a conspiracy theory if it's true? Well, it's a conspiracy maybe, but not a theory. Living statues. From 1917 to 1928, half a million people were afflicted with a ghastly condition that could be part of the uh, plot line of a horror film. The victims, 
very much alive and conscious, found themselves in inexplicably frozen states. Their static bodies, prisons for their minds. It's called encephalitis lethargica, or EL, aka the sleeping sickness, first appeared in Europe and quickly spread around the world, reaching epidemic levels in North America, Europe, and India by 1919. About a third of those stricken with the illness died. Of the survivors, nearly half eventually found themselves unable to physically interact with the world around them, all while fully aware of their surroundings. Though occasionally capable of limited speech, eye motion, or even laughter, they generally appeared as living statues, totally motionless for hours, days, weeks, or even years. The cause is unknown, but one theory is brain inflammation triggered by a rare strain of streptococcus, the bacterial res bacteria responsible for many sore throats each year. Science's best guess is that bacteria mutated, provoking the immune system to attack the brain, leaving the victim helpless. None of this explains why the illness disappeared only to resurface sporadically, uh, be it in Europe, 1950s, or China 10 years ago when a 12-year-old girl was hospitalized for five weeks with the, disease, with the disease. Are such occurrences the new normal, or are they signs of the, that EL could be planning something bigger any day? A 2004 analysis of 20 patients with symptoms remarkably similar <laughs> to EL concluded that whatever ailed them is still prevalent. As such, history's so-called sleeping sickness remains the stuff of nightmares. These crimes were never, well, whatever. Have y'all seen the um, the pictures of the zombies, in the, the, the homeless zombies? Um, supposedly it's got something to do with the drugs they're taking, but they all just, just keel over and stand there, sometimes bent over, and they just stand there for hours. They're saying it's got something to do with drugs. Kind of like Mitch McConnell. Yeah, but I mean, this is serious, man. You, They've got video of this. This is real. This isn't fake. These people just turn into statues. They're alive. They're awake. They, but they're saying this has got something to do with fentanyl. I'm wondering now that I found... This is the first time I'd ever heard of this zombie illness or this living statue illness. I'm wondering if that's not what we're dealing with instead of the drugs and that the drugs are just the easiest... I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm going to actually look into this because I knew about the the people that are being frozen in place and they claimed it was drugs. So I believed that. I didn't know about this um, statue illness, you know, the human statues. I'm going to go look into this because this is something I, I want to know about. But here's where I decided we were going to go for the most part today. Secret societies. The Illuminati. <laughs> The bath salt drug. Yeah, road dog. Maybe. I, I have no idea. But here's a real cool one. Now, personally, I think there's nothing really to this. Anybody could do have done this. But if you type in, you see up here, uh, 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 up here where it says uh, I-T-A-N-I-M-U-L-L-I.com, you know, Illuminati spelled backwards. If I tell this system to go, I end up at... The NSA. <laughs> Proof that the Illuminati and the NSA are one and the same. Actually, no. It just means that somebody with a wicked sense of humor took the domain name, domain name and parked it on the NSA's website. <laughs> Any of us could have done that. But I think it's really cool. But I was looking through this thing on secret societies that actually exist. Now, this one I want to walk you through first, and then we'll get going again. That there's five secret societies that still exist today. The Freemasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we all know about them. 
The Illuminati. Well, if you look into that, Snopes says they don't exist. This plate, this website says they do exist. This is the the Daily Beacon. It's supposed to be, you know, you know, editorial independent student newspaper of the University of Tennessee. Okay, the Illuminati, I guess, do exist. We'll get to that in a minute. The Bilderberger Group. Oh, they're just that's conspiracy theory. Well, apparently, it exists. The Order of Skull and Bones. Well, yeah, we know a lot about them too, but then we don't know a lot about them. But then we do, but then we don't. And the Scarabean Senior Society, that's some sort of secret society within colleges and higher education. How can you possibly have secret societies? It's just entirely impossible to have a secret society. You can't do that. It's no problem. Secret societies are just, you know, that's just a fake thing of your imagination, Joe. The Illuminati do not exist. It's a conspiracy theory. Begun the meme wars have. Yes, yes, we are about to begin meme wars. Yes, Charlie is correct. Signs of allegiance, the compass, the square, the, the, the a square or the square, the measuring square, the cube, the rising sun, the Canton square, the 47th uh, proposition of Euclid, the oblong square, the temple, the, the Hebrew tarot and the pentagram. And these are all re- represent aspects of Masonic rituals. So apparently all these symbols on your screen here mean that you're somehow or another connected to the Masons and connected to the Illuminati. I don't know that I can buy that, but apparently there's a lot of people out there who do. Okay. Well, whatever. Remember, there's nothing to this Illuminati sign here. I mean, it's not like a whole bunch of people make these signs. This is all, you know, this is just a fad. Somebody somewhere did this and everybody else caught on and and the celebrities just like to, you know, big businessmen and politicians and everybody that you see that's movers and shakers in the world all have caught on to this fad, but nobody else has caught on to this fad. Now here you got this guy, he's wearing a ring. He's a Mason and he's telling you, shh. And he's giving you the hidden, you know, the one eye sign. And then he's giving you the six, six, six over the eye. You know, it's just Mason. This is just a fad. And then here we have some political leader doing a hand sign that's supposedly a Mason's Illuminati sign. But don't don't pay any attention to the sign or the figure. It's not important. And then here you got a whole bunch of people doing the one eye or the 666 over the eye. All famous people that you would know, you know, Bieber and Lady Gaga and, you know, all sorts of people here. But pay no attention to them. That's just a fad. And let's see what else we have here. Oh, there's more people doing that little hand sign in the in the 666, you know, the AOK sign. Just don't pay any attention to them. They're not in a secret society. It's just a fad. Okay, there's that hand position again, that that famous. They're all seem to be doing it similar. I guess that's just a natural position for people to hold their William Holt. Which one of these societies meets at the Redwood Forest in California? The one Alex Jones videoed way back in the day. Shh, you're ahead of the lesson plan, Mr. Holt. Sit down, be quiet, or I'll give you sentences to write and a paper to write. And your dog will not be allowed to eat your homework because Road Dog says there are no dogs. So I'm just wondering, when do I get to be part of this fad? And these people who have this fad, they all have some, something else in common. And I don't know if you're aware of this. I've mentioned it before. See this little eyeball here? This is kind of weird. That's not a Photoshop. 
I don't know for sure, but I think this is actually an implant, but I could be wrong. Apparently, somebody's running around punching all sorts of celebrities in the eye, one eye at a time. It could also be that that's bruising from, it could be that bruising from some sort of surgery. But that's just my theory. Most people think that they're getting punched in the eye, like, you know, being jumped in on a gang. But because you see that one right there, that doesn't look like he was punched in the eye. That looks like somebody did some sort of surgery right below the left eye. And then this guy, and then there's Lady Gaga, and then the Pope again. Now, all of these pictures happen within the same two-year period of time. And these people are all famous. All actors, Hollywood stars, singers, and politicians. What's up with this? Who's punching them in the eyeball? And why? Oh, look, even Obama, Ben Affleck, Kanye West, George Bush, John Kerry, Charlie Rose, Ross or Rose or whatever the heck his name is, Barack Obama, Pope Francis, Robert Downey Jr., and they're all doing the little hand-eye signs that are just a fad. And apparently part of this fad is punching them in the eye and giving them a black eye. Hmm. I, folks, don't know what the heck this is. I just noticed it. Happened a couple of years ago. All of this happened within a about a 18 to 24-month period of time. Now, I don't know. I don't. But all these people are famous. They're all part of the moving and shaking industry of the world. They're making things happen, education, you know, influencers or whatever. And they all, and most of the time too, it seems predominantly to be the left eye. And usually down here on the bottom. So if you're getting punched, have you ever seen somebody who's been punched in the eye? It's usually the whole eye socket. But if you're given some sort of a corneal implant that allows you to throw up a hologram on your eyeball so that you can read information. You're going to need a place to put the electronics that control that thing. And this would be a good place to put it. Have you ever seen somebody who's had surgery on their face where, you know, the doctors had to kind of push and gouge a little bit, like maybe they were shoving it up under the bone, you know, behind the backbone of the hair and into the nasal cavity that would leave all this bruising. It would do that. This is speculation. This is entirely speculation. This is just pure, I don't know what the heck. This is the only thing that seems to make sense to me. Because some of these bruises are not like bushes. It's not where I would have expected to find somebody punched in the eye to get the bruise. Yes, Zuckerberg. This, these are only our <clears throat> conjections. Yeah, and, this is just, and, it's and, it's an Art Bell show yes. today, folks. This is, it, 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 it's purely for entertainment purposes. You see the board? You, you, you see the board? So... Is there a conspiracy going on here? I don't know. Is something weird going on here? I don't know. You tell me. Is this normal? Have you ever seen this before? I haven't. Maybe it happens all the time. And just because of the internet, people can finally catch pictures of all these celebrities. And, and there's a lot of businessmen involved too, but mostly it was celebrities and politicians. Like they're both actors. Exactly like Carol Quigley told us they were. Pay no attention to Carol Quigley. He's just a grand conspiracy theorist who wrote a book about every conspiracy that's ever happened since the 1960s. 
and he told us about it in the 1960s, and it's all pretty much come true. So pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. He didn't know anything. He was just a member of the secret society known as the Trilateral Commission. Well, it's not a secret, Joe, if you know who they are. Eh, okay, whatever. Let's keep going. <gasps> blank screen. Blank screens, blank screens. What's behind door number two? Oh, look, Mr. Holt, we've caught up to you. The Bohemian Grove. Because it's perfectly normal for the world's elite to do mock sacrifices under a giant owl statue. What? It isn't? We don't all do that? That's not normal? The whole world doesn't congregate in the ancient redwood forest to pretend to sacrifice people to Moloch in front of an owl in the middle of the night the middle of nowhere, dressed in robes. Who says they're pretending? Oh, oh. Well, in order for them to be having any type of sacrifices like this, we would have to have an epidemic of missing people in the United States, especially children. We don't have that. Do we? We don't. Do we have a bunch of children on milk jugs and all about being missing and everything? I remember that as a kid. Hmm. It's just an art belt day. We're not accusing anybody of anything. There's just no speculations here. Uh, this is actually the Bohemian Grove, folks. You, you, you got the grill and all these other areas. You got the land of happiness, Madrome, all these other cool little places you can go there. This place is real, folks. This isn't a joke. Y'all know what Bohemian means? It means people who don't conform to society, outside of the norms of society. Well, there's a better picture of our sacrifice. And they got this thing, and this is weird. You got an owl, and I don't know what BC means, but there's a belt tied around the owl here, and it says, weaving spiders come not here. Huh? And look at the background, man. The the brickwork kind of looks like a weaving spider. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea what this means. This is an older picture of the Bohemian Grove. That's a rather unusual arrangement of tables, isn't it? It's kind of like in concentric octagonal circles. And they've, they've got people all around these tables with a, a, the evergreen fire pit in the, in the middle there. It looks like they've got it ready to have a bonfire that night. Here's a more modern picture. More people. And they're all still doing the same thing, all lit by candles out there under the trees. I know what they're doing. Oh, folks, this isn't a conspiracy. They're Bigfoot hunting. It's in the Redwood Forest in Northern California. They're Bigfoot. T-Rex, they're looking for you, bro. No wonder we had 2,000 sightings of Bigfoot in that area in one year. It was all the boys from the Bohemian Grove saw T-Rex run through there in the nude looking to sacrifice some sort of animal so he could make blood pudding. If you're not a regular member of the show, this isn't going to make any sense to you. This is why you need to be in class more frequently so that you'll be in on the jokes. The Bohemian Grove, meeting of 1,000 most elite men in the world. Prior members include Dick Cheney, Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, and Mr. Schwarzenegger. They were meeting in July 2015 in California here. And that's a picture from the Bohemian Grove. There's a young Ronald Reagan on the left. There's a young Richard Nixon on the right. I'm pretty sure if we dug into it, we'd find out who the rest of these people are. Supposedly, they just gathered together for art 
and for poetry and readings and literature, but they run around in their white, oddly cultic looking dresses, you know, robes and everything. And it's just men. They get drunk and they have all sorts of these wild, uninhibited parties. Somehow or another, something tells me Barack Obama would have loved this place. Anyhow, I digress. That's a whole different theory that we're going to get into there. And, and, and I don't want to go down that one because I have yet to find a picture of Michelle's Adam's apple. But if we ever do, then maybe the things that they've shown were, you know, there's a stem still on the apple weren't Photoshopped. Like I'm currently thinking they may have been, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Bohemian Grove, you know, conspiracy theory. Nothing to it, folks. Nothing to it. Nothing at all. Nothing to see here. Gee, Charlie, do we have anything else that we could bring up? It's impossible to I should be given an award for keeping my mouth shut when there's so much that needs to be said. Yes, Daffy, you are correct. That's a very good one. You see, here's the thing, folks. <clears throat> if we had conspiracies like this, in this day and age, you could not possibly keep them secret. It would be impossible. Like, you couldn't have a conspiracy that were to build something that explains the overthrow of the world. And, and I mean, huge, some sort of a huge thing that you build that becomes a tourist attraction and never know who built it, when, here, why, none of that. Charlie, are you trying to be a Weisenheimer here? He throws up this picture of this big construction out in the middle of nowhere that apparently nobody knows who built it or why. This is let these be guidestones to an age of reason. The Georgia Guidestones, boys and girls. It, this couldn't possibly be a conspiracy theory because to be a conspiracy theory, it would have to be something that's super secret and nobody knows about. And we all know about the Georgia Guidestones, except we don't know who built them. And we don't know who funded them. Or who destroyed them. Or how. Because that destruction was very good. One quick, easy little strike against a, a, a construction that actually shouldn't have been that easy to bring down. Not all of it. Because whoever blew it up blew the whole thing down. And the way this was built, I could see you toppling one or two of those stones, but not the whole flipping thing at one time. It's almost like somebody went in there and wrapped a debt cord around everything and then detonated. Oh, that would require a little bit of time and some expertise and access to some materials that most people generally don't have. Anyway, nobody knows who who did this. Um, who the heck? Somebody on the board help me out with this. It is alleged that one of the primary figures behind the Guidestones, he he was married to Jane Fonda, I believe, and he owns he owned either CNN and or Coca Cola. I know that he owns. He might be dead by now, but he owned half of Wyoming and put it in a living trust so nobody could use it. I can never remember his name. Uh, Ted Turner. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Give that man a gold star or woman. DSG 1973. Yes. Ted Turner. It's alleged that he's behind this. Aaron, you got it too. Thank you. See, my class is smarter than the professor. This is why we're all here. So the Guidestones. The Georgia Guidestones erected anonymously in March of 1980. Inscribed with 12 different languages. Some of these languages long since dead and gone. Sanskrit, for crying out loud. Who are they writing to? The aliens? Have a hole in the center column, always leaving a North Star visible. Precise, horizontal, 
uh, slot indicating sun cycles. Um, let's read some of what it tells us. But folks, this required somebody to really lay this thing out. Please ignore the writing down in the bottom right. I did not mean to do that, but I wanted this graphic. So I'm, I'm perfectly right we want to be you know leave room for beauty and all this stuff and not a cancer on the earth so we need to get rid of you please present yourself to the location of the georgia guidestones so that we can get rid of the cancer on the earth because apparently it's you because you want to get rid of everybody but yourselves yeah we're over the target are we taking flack somewhere yeah facebook and rumble are reporting issues <laughs> 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 Who yeah, said GMT this time? <laughs> oh, we haven't even got there yet. This is an entertainment-only <laughs> show, folks. And there's there's this big plaque there about the Georgia Guidestones, and it gives you right there, it tells you what it is. And I put that one up there by James Holt. Let's see what he's got to say. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to do it myself. Producer's slow today. Oh. It says, I still think it's wild that the judge who signed off on Mar a Largo's search warrant was an attorney that helped secure Epstein's slap on the wrist for say would you stop being ahead of the class, James? A teacher's pet, I swear. We're still doing this conspiracy theory. Th this is the you know, establish these guidestones to an age of reason. Uh Egyptian hieroglyphics, Babylonian uh uniform. These are writing in ancient languages. Almost like whoever did it was under the influence of watchers who were in a pit for 2,000 years and came back and started having their minions write in the languages they still understood. Hmm. Now that would be a cosmic conspiracy theory, one that I've actually done before. But, you know, you'd, ha you'd have to be paying attention to class. And this thing's how it's lined up. This is just really weird, folks. Um, you've got Russian and Chinese, Arabic, Hebrew, Sanskrit, Hindi, 
Swahili, uh, Koinine Greek, classic Greek, Egyptian hieroglyphs, Babylonian cuneiform, Spanish, English. And it all lines up, you know, meteorologically with the astrologically and everything with the sun and everything. And this is just weird. This would have taken a lot of work to line this thing up and build this thing correctly. And it says maintain humanity under 500 million people in perpetual balance with nature. Y'all realize that 500 million people, that's eh, roughly the United States and Canada. Everybody else has got to go. Nothing creepy about that, right? Okay, well, whatever. Also, well, before 2014, you see where it's circled? There's, There's a little, there's a capstone up there, but it's missing. This thing was built with, there's a wedge there missing. And I, I know it's hard. You can't really see it, but the corner of this one stone is is just is missing. But in 2014, they put it back in. I have no idea what that means. Who did that? Why didn't we see it being done? All of this in secret. But it's impossible to keep secrets in this day and age. And yet here we have one right in our face and nobody wants to see what it means. I don't care what the Guidestones mean. You know what it tells me? If you want to keep a secret, a group of human beings can keep a secret. So don't tell me that it's impossible to have a secret society when we had one right in front of our stinking faces for, what, 42 years in Georgia? And they kept maintaining it. Yes, nothing to see here. (laughs) Move along, people, move along. Okay, we'll keep moving. William Holt's ahead of class again. See, Mr. Holt, water jug. This was already in the slideshow. The connections to Jeffrey Epstein looks an awful lot like, you know, some conspiracy theorist doing strings all over the place, right? Hold on, Charlie. I, I got I got to find the one I'm hunting for. I, I don't know where it's at, man. But we've we've got a guy in here somewhere that does you know strings everywhere, and you know, well, I I must oh, have lost yeah. him. I think he's in another. But anyhow, it's conspiracy theory time. <sighs> Alan Dershowitz. Oh, you know what this is here? And this is a picture of the pilot's flight manifest to Epstein's Island. There've been something like 20 or 30 pictures of, of, of pages of this thing published. Here's another one. Where is it? It might be under the memes. I think it probably is. Um, Epstein's Island. Kind of cool, huh? That's the island. Looks a little bit like an X. But that's the place that everybody's always been talking about. This is Epstein's place. Oh. There it is. There it was. Throw it up, Charlie. See? That's the that's the graph. This man had it. He's connecting all the excuse me, all the people to Epstein. And that's why it was the memes, not a suspicious election and years of demonizing common America that caused an insurrection. Yeah. So that's just all right. Back to Epstein's Island. Now this one here I really, really would like to know about. Y'all do know what the locals in this area call this island, right? Pedophile island. That that's what the locals call it. What do you mean, locals, Joe? Well, this is where this island's located, east of Puerto Rico in the U.S. Virgin Islands. You have the Great St. James and the Little St. James. The Little St. James, better known as Epstein's Island. Okay, see? So all these people who live on the island north of him and Dog Island to the right, they know about this place. 
Now, it's very interesting because the persistent rumors are, do you know who helped Epstein buy this island? Uh, the company did. The CIA. Mm, interesting, huh? Okay, anyway, here's the island. What are all those little places on there? And it's very, it's rumored that there are at least two crossing tunnel systems on this island that'll let you get from one end to the other without being seen. You can do it below ground. This, this is just another, it won't help. We can't read much of it, but the island has had trees and other things. It's been undergoing renovation throughout time. People have been watching this island for a while. Here's the main complex. Lots of pictures of famous people here at this complex that really shouldn't have been there, but they have been. And this place here is interesting. This is supposedly the sex temple. Uh, yeah, and supposedly there's an underground buildings here under this under this location. And this is not from just conspiracy theorists. This is from the FBI who raided the place. And they supposedly took pictures of it. Now, I say, I'm still saying supposedly, one, because this is Conspiracy Theory Thursday and it's an Art Bell show. Second, because it came, comes from the FBI and I no longer consider the FBI a credible source. But supposedly, there are several stories underneath this building. This building is just the entrance. And this is a early picture. It now looks like this. It's got a dome on it, kind of like Islam puts over their mosques. And this is built sort of kind of like an ancient temple, sex temple, where you had sexual rituals with male and female prostitutes and children. Might go hand in hand with the Bohemian Grove. I, 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 I'm, I'm just speculating. I don't know. I'm not naming any. Why'd you put Helen DeGeneres in there, Joe? Well, I don't know. There's something about this little temple in Ellen's TV set that just rhyme. And she's also on the list of Epstein's clients and guests to the island on the flight manifests, as is Oprah Winfrey. Hmm. I don't know. I'm just pointing out what I found on the internet. This is Conspiracy Theory Thursday, right? <laughs> What's Miley Cyrus doing with Epstein? Uh, boys and girls, have you researched anything? Miley seems to have been okay when she worked for Disney, but somewhere, and that's a problem in and of itself. Have you done any research into the, the conspiracy theories about Disney? And I don't mean necessarily the man, but him too. But the whole Disney corporation? Have you read anything what the children and child actors have had to say about working there when they were? Oh, boy. Go down that rabbit hole when you got some free time. But this young lady here, she, from, from this picture when this was taken till now, she seems to have taken a hard left turn at Albuquerque and gone off the deep end. She's into all, reportedly into all sorts of cultic and satanic things. And then Katy Perry, Little Miss... You know, I'm a good Christian gospel singer who never really made a big hit until she supposedly made a deal with Hollywood and the devil. And now all of a sudden she's making all these Illuminati signs and doing the same type of things that this one here is. And then um, I'm trying to remember her name right now. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Have you read the stories persisting around her background? 
in some of the things she's accused of doing. A matter of fact, a lot of these actresses are supposedly into some really eh, abnormal behavior when it comes to what happens behind closed doors. Um, any of y'all remember the show we did on the reports about Hollywood and its connection to abnormal behavior behind closed doors, especially with children? I'm, I'm trying to keep this friendly here today. I'm, I'm expecting the class to read between the lines here a little bit. Remember the, the documentary I shared with you from the Hollywood um, special effects artist who said, yeah, this, this stuff's real. You remember what um, Mel Gibson reportedly exposed about Hollywood and everybody said, oh, that was a lie. He never did it. And yet I brought you some of the shadows and the reflections of the reports of when Mel Gibson exposed all of that. Okay. I'm I'm letting you connect the dots here. This is conspiracy theory Thursday. You 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 run with this. But oh yeah, that's right. I I had a couple pictures of Epstein with Bill Clinton with with Bill, but this is the wrong Bill. That that that's Bill Gates. Let me see. This should be the next picture. Should be. No, that ain't Bill. It, n- no, Charlie, where do we put that picture of Epstein with Bill? Uh, it's no. in there somewhere. Oh, that, nope, that's that, not that's it. the wrong bill. Maybe, up, maybe might next. be the next one. No, no, that's, no, that's the, that guy's younger, but that ain't Bill. Yeah. Oh, oh, that isn't even. No, that's he's just even, got three. It's not even Epstein. Yeah, no. that's Epstein's girlfriend. Oh well. Oh. Oh, there it is. Oh, there he there is. There he is. Yeah, There's Epstein you. and Bill. Okay. I I knew it was in there. For those of you who were not watching the class, there are a lot of pictures of a certain orange man you know cheeto jesus hanging out with epstein over the years uh a lot of years a lot more than what he claims he did so there's there's the thing with epstein what 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 are we to make with that what what do we make out of that y'all got any idea why why haven't okay he's guilty girlfriend's guilty where is the client list why hasn't that been published? Isn't that supposed to be public record? Why wasn't there a reporter in the, the courtroom writing like a mag dog, you know, running their tape recorder to copy the list when the list was read into the court record? Because you know it had to have been if if this was actually a real trial. And seriously, do you, you still think Epstein killed himself? I don't even think he's dead, to be honest with you. Okay, Joe, there's a good conspiracy theory. Explain that one. The picture of Epstein's corpse being wheeled out of the room that was put all over the TV everywhere has different ears than all those pictures of Epstein you just saw. What what do ears got to do with anything, Joe? They work like fingerprints. They have a picture of Epstein on the screen. So whoever was in that picture wasn't Epstein. But you were told on the news that that was Epstein's body being wheeled out of there and the the cover was over his face, but you could see his ear. Almost like that was done intentionally. So that people didn't know would realize, you know, yeah, Jeffrey's okay. We just relocated him. You know, Elvis is dead. He just went home. That's what Jay told me. Or was it Kay? I don't know. All those men in black look alike to me. I don't know, folks. All I know is that the world has gotten so crazy no sense in knowing anything anymore. I just, I don't, I don't know. 
It's Conspiracy Theory Thursday, and it's Art Bell Day. It would be nice, however, if the really evil spooky dude would show up in a creepy costume so that you knew who the bad guys were. But they don't do that, man. In real life, they all look just, you know, normal. It's not like, who's that, Charlie? Klaus Schwab. Dr. Evil is Oh, yeah, but that's a Photoshop, right? Oh, what the heck is this? Did he get that outfit from the Bohemian Grove? No, that's the next Marvel villain, Joe. You're looking too much into this. Folks, this is a real picture. That's not fake. That's Klaus Schwab. This is not fake. This is real. You'll see him in this outfit several times if you look look around long enough. This is not Photoshop. They have video of him in this. So, what the... I... (laughs) I don't know. I, I don't know what to do with all of this. I don't. It's conspiracy theory Thursday. It's Art Bell. You know, do, 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 do. I do have one other thing that I pulled from Art Bell that we'll talk about in the next hour. This is going to be right up all of y'all's alley. You like this. We're going to go back to dimensions and time and stuff for a little bit. We're going to talk about something we haven't talked about yet. Something that I had already sensed all on my own and did not realize until this morning that Art Bell had covered this. But I've been wondering about this myself for a while. I'm not going to give you too much of a teaser other than the fact that time may have been messed with. (sighs) And you might actually have been experiencing indicators that tell you that it's been messed with things that you've experienced yourself and noticed and just didn't realize what you were experiencing. Didn't think about it. It, it, and it's okay. It's not like, cause it's not cause you, anything wrong with you. You're just not broken like me. Anything weird makes me scratch at it. So I noticed this stuff. It's just, it's been built into me. Um, I got to throw this up again. Let's see what our friend water jug. That's James William Holt. Water jug is his nickname, self-appointed. So I'm not being ugly to him. You know, mama told him to run home and he beat Forrest Gump home. Don't mess with mama. He's got to bring the water to the to the team. Klaus Schwab is terrifying to me. He has minions in so many government positions all over the world, and they're the source of so many problems and challenges to freedom that we are seeing coming to fruition. Amen, brother. That's a conspiracy, but it is no theory. Um, something else we'll talk about. Uh, making a note, so I'll remember this. Charlie brought this up yesterday. We'll cover this after the second hour, and it's connected to Schwab. Remember, that's Mr. You Will Own Nothing and Be Happy, echoed by the left in America, including Biden. Where do you think the world gets their ideas from? Remember, Mr. Schwab took $6,000 given to him in seed money and developed it into what is now the World Economic Forum in Davos, and the whole world seems to be dancing to his tune. And essentially... He wants to build the world of the Georgia Guidestones. Uh, Yeah. And don't forget, we've already played that one lady from the World Economic Forum that said that they have to save humanity. And so long as they save, oh, I don't know, 500 million human beings, they can kill off the rest. The mission will still be successful because they saved humanity. And she explained, we've had that video on here before been scrubbed i should have saved it i didn't the links are dead i'm still looking for it somebody somewhere will put it back up i'll find it 
now, thanks to the Arctic tortoise, when I do, I'll snag it and it'll be on our computers from now on. I will find it. It's going to take me time. It will happen. But we've played it once before, which means it's still in the archives on our show because it was recorded in our show. I have to go back and find that for you. Maybe we can just pull the clip from there. But what they're basically saying is we're going to build the world of the Georgia Guidestones. So maybe that's why they had to destroy the Georgia Guidestones so that you wouldn't be reminded that whoever was behind them is now executing the plan through the World Economic Forum. <gasps> that's a conspiracy theory, Joe. Yes, you're right, because the duck looks like a duck, sounds like a duck, quack like a duck, lays eggs like a duck, hatches out little ducklings that grow into other things that look like, hey, I got a duck on my hands. So I have a conspiracy, but it ain't no theory. Maybe not all the pieces fit perfectly here, but we're not dealing with a theory today. There's something going on with a bunch of unelected, self-appointed intellectual elites. Oh, exactly the definition of the Illuminati running around redesigning the world, saying that COVID was the perfect crisis that allowed us to re-envision the world and things are never going to go back to normal. Oh, Klaus Schwab. I paraphrased him, but he did say those things. Mm. But this is supposed to be conspiracy theory Thursday. I'm not supposed to be talking to you about facts. That's why I'm allowed to talk about Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster. Because, you know, theory. <laughs> hey, when we come back, let me talk to you about owning nothing and being happy and how it's happening to you right before your very eyes and you didn't even notice it. And then I will talk to you about time. <laughs> we'll see you in six minutes.
Okay, I'm just looking at some of the notes, catching up um, on some of the comments. Got to go back to one here. Waterjug was musing. He says, I honestly think Epstein was a CIA asset that networked important clients to the island to gather blackmail material for the CIA. Uh, Waterjug, you weren't here for this class, apparently. You do know who recruited um, Epstein to work for the company, right? Guy named David Durham. John Durham's father. While David was working for the CIA. You were right on target there, Mr. Holt. And you probably didn't even know it. Justice Roberts, anyone? (laughs) Oh, there is a picture of Justice Roberts with Bill Clinton and somebody else and Epstein in the water at um, Epstein's Island. And everybody says it's, it's Photoshopped. And it might be, but we know exactly where the picture was taken on the island. And supposedly it was taken right about the time Roberts... Uh, changed his, um, you know, shortly before he changed his uh, ruling on Obamacare. Hmm. I wonder. Anyhow. And the internet is not liking us today. It's probably because we're over the target. Yeah. Funny funny how it hasn't paused or skipped music during the thing. And then as soon as music went up, it started skipping again. So Slade Mercer says um, he was talking about first... uh, He's, let's go to this one first. He says, need to watch the Adapt 2030 video on tokens and BIS either yesterday or this morning. It was posted. And he says, um, the video on Adapt 2030 spoke about how everything will be tokenized and not tied to a fiat currency. Even the rainwater will have a token assigned to it. Yeah, this is um, digital bank currency, central bank digital currency or whatever. Uh, folks. Klaus Schwab has said that the time is coming when you will own nothing, but you'll be happy. Okay. Y'all do know what smart means. You know, smartphones, smart uh, meters and smart. It's got nothing to do with being intelligent. It's surveillance and monitoring technology or something or other acronym. If you actually know what the acronym stands for, you wouldn't like it. It's, It's propaganda. This is Bernays at work. It's meant to make you think it's a good thing, but what it's meant to do is surveil you and make it so that they can electronically turn off everything you're using. Now, Charlie, I've got to throw you in here, brother. Turn on your microphone, bro. It's time for you to talk to everybody about what you told me yesterday. Tell them what you told me about Microsoft and Windows and all this other (laughs) glorious stuff. Well, you know that uh, for quite a while, it's been a couple of years that they've went to Microsoft Office 360 or 365, whatever they call it. Yeah. And it's a subscription-based uh, software, which you pay for monthly. Uh, you no longer own. You have access. Right. <laughs> yeah, and you don't own software. You you have the rights to use software. And they're playing with the idea of Windows 12 becoming a subscription-based operating system where you would buy a computer, but you would have to pay Microsoft a monthly fee to use their software on said computer. And I bet you it won't be long before every program will go to this. Oh, there's a lot of them doing this subscription-based thing. That's a big deal. It's kind of like when you buy your music now and you download it, you don't own it anymore. That's just a license to listen to it. Right. And most most music now is yeah. subscription-based. You know, and your you digital use, videos. 
you have to get get a subscription to yep. Spotify or you know Amazon. Your digital or videos, whatever. your digital um, books that you download. Yep. Now you were. Yep. That's a that's all a of this stuff based thing, you know. So yeah. you don't own it, but you're happy because you have it. Yes. You see, when everybody heard Klaus Schwab say that, they weren't thinking evil enough. This is nudge in practice, folks. You, you think you own it, but you don't. So you're happy and you don't realize what it is. Is You're just being drained dry. You're being turned into the hold on. Don't go anywhere, Charlie. You're being turned into the battery that keeps the system working. This is the matrix. This is literally the matrix. There you go. Road dog, <clears throat> Road dog says, hello, Linux. Hello, <laughs> L. Yes. But this is literally the matrix. It's just not the way the movie portrayed it. You know, where you've got cable sticking out of your back and you're, you're still running. The, you're the battery that runs their system, their material system. And then we were talking about earlier, there was a, uh, th there's ride sharing programs with these electric cars, electric self-driving cars. Nobody owns them. They just leave them all over town. You jump in them, tell them where you want to go. And it goes, this hasn't worked out too well. And they tried this with bike, mo uh, motorized bikes or something. Uh, electric bikes. Yeah. And in, in some of the major cities and that turned into a, a little poopy storm yeah, too. Yeah, that did. That it, did it doesn't work because well. they've left out human nature, but don't think that they're not aware of that problem. Remember the guidestone says breed more effectively. Everybody misses that point. Now, all of a sudden, deciding who I want to have born by testing you while you're still in the womb, Al Gore's words start to ring a little bit more creepily all of a sudden, don't they? Yeah, something about finding out if you're conservative. Even or religious. Or religious. Or yeah. going to be, you know, somebody yeah. who's going to push against their, and that's normally where I know they say, you know, artistic people are usually on the left and those are the ones who are invent. That's not who's inventive. If you go look into this, most of your people who hold patents tend to lean toward the right in their thinking and in personalities. That's where your actual creativity comes from, not the the left. The left dreams up crap that doesn't work. They're dreamers. So that type of art, you know, yeah. fictional stories and stuff. Yeah, but stuff that you could actually make money with. Look at art today. Yeah, well, that what was they, done intentionally as well. Art. Yeah, it is. It's communism. But I want to ask you something, Charlie, because you've been with us every show we've done so far. Even before you you became the producer here, you've been every show. If you've been with me for every show, how many fireflies connect on a daily basis for you now that you've had the background that I've laid for you? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's like, yeah. So you understand why T-Rex says I'm his favorite conspiracy theorist now, right? Oh yeah, yeah, you are. The conspiracy, yes. Theorist, theorist not so much. Maybe not so much. <laughs> But look how much I've had to lay for you and, and, and threads I've had to give you and you know receipts I had to bring and show you before. Look how much groundwork we had to lay before this stuff starts connecting for you. Yes. And, it, and they know this. Yeah. And this is why you were taught specialization in school rather than generalization. Because if they teach generalization, a whole lot more people will start putting the fireflies together for themselves. Yep. <laughs> Got to keep you in your little little bubble. So thank you, Charlie. But yes, folks, this is coming. And when it when they get it all done and they put it with social credit score, you'll be able to turn your life on and off with a switch. And you're going to be happy with it. Hmm. Or you're going to be dead. If you don't have the sign, you can't buy yourself. Yeah, there's something something somewhere I, I yeah. read about that. I, don't, I forget yeah. where I read that. 
okay, I told you that I had something I pulled from Mark Bell that would be right down everybody's ooh golly gee whiz alley. I do. I don't know where we're going to go when we're done talking about this, but um, it might be an early show today. But have you, have any of you been driving down the road and you noticed that the colors in the world are not as vivid as they once were? Especially the sky. For a long time, I thought, okay, it's just my eyes. But I recently went to the optometrist and he says, nope, no cataracts. There's nothing wrong with your eyes at all. I'm seeing clearly when I have my glasses on. And I, I know as a fact that I'm really sensitive to color. It, physically, the way my body's made. I'm a tetrachromaton. I can see all 39, 40 colors. And there's probably more that people that I can see that people just don't know how to test because they can't see them. But there are certain tests that you'll see on the internet every now and then. I, I can see all of them. I've researched this. It's, it's, I'm not alone. I'm not unique. But it's a small percentage of the population. But I also have a color memory. And those that know me have been around me know that I, I can match colors across years. That's rare. I've looked into that. <laughs> John Quest says that's what mushrooms are for. Yeah. But I've looked into color memories. They are very rare. Um, and they're weird. But I could match a color. If, if there was something that I saw two years ago, and you have it, I could match the color to it. I haven't seen it in two years. I could still go through a color chart and match the color to what it was. It's just weird. I dream in color. So I'm driving down the road a couple of years ago, and I realized the sky is not as blue as it used to be. And it's it's what's called, in art, they call it graying it. Um, you, you add the complementary color to gray. It, it makes it look like it's farther in the distance. Now I'm really going to warp your mind today. Where's where I'm heading <clears throat> because this isn't going to make a whole lot of sense to most people. And I'm probably wrong. I'm telling you that right now. I'm probably wrong, but I don't know if I am. Cause it makes sense. If you have a physics background, this is going to make sense. I'm thinking that the sky doesn't look as vivid and bright because it's not as close as it used to be in time, not space, time. It should be brighter, though, because I think time is, is crunching, not dilating, not expanding. I think time is crunching. Time is speeding up. The physical dimension of time. And why do I say that? Have any of you, I don't know, you may not have experienced this, but I'm experiencing it this because of what I do for a living. I can't get as much done in a day as I used to get done. Well, Joe, that's just because you're older. No, 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 no. I work with chemicals. Endo and exothermic reactions. They're, they're supposed to be physically set according to the laws of nature, you know, natural law. So much of this chemical by volume, so much of that chemical by volume, mix them together, set amount of time, they're supposed to solidify. I can't get as much done as I used to get done. Now, if time is crunching, it should work faster, but it's not. So something here doesn't make sense. It's almost like as time crunches, less things get done. It's almost like there are two dimensions of time at play in this universe. 
do you remember the conversation we had a while back about the spirit world has its own dimension of time that can interface with ours and overlap? It's almost like the borders between this world is blurring with the spirit world. You know what I call the alternate dimensions? So that maybe what it is, is the time in our material world is crunching, but we're still caught in the time of that other world partially. So though, although I don't have as much time in the day to get things done, my chemicals still cure at the same rate, which means I don't get as much done. I know this is going to be very difficult. This is weird. This one's got me puzzled. And I've been crunching on this for a long time, several years now. But it would explain a lot. It would explain why my chemicals that I work with don't work the way they used to, why I can't get as much done in a day. They still cure at the same rate according to my clock, but I can't pour it as many times in a day as I should. This is what's weird. Let's say every time I want to mix a batch of this chemical, it takes five minutes. And in an hour's time, I should be able to mix 12 batches of chemical. It still takes five minutes to cure when I read it, but I can only mix 10 batches of chemical today. The secret squirrel will understand this. He used to work with this material. And he knows that I'm one of the fastest in, in, in the world at what I do. I'm one of the messiest, but I'm one of the fastest at what I do. I'm good at what I do for a living. Squirrel knows this because he used to work with me. But I can't get that done. There's nothing different. I'm doing the same thing I've always done, but I can only get 10 batches mixed in an hour now where it should be 12. The clock says it should be 12. Well, this would also account for why the sky seems to be what they call grayed, farther, farther away. It's just as blue as it's ever been, but it seems farther away. If there's a time differential here going on. And then I look at Art Bell today and I realize time wave zero. He did a show. Time is speeding up exponentially. Yes. See, that explained it. I was thinking, okay, time's crunching. Well, if time speeds up, well, then my chemicals should cure faster. Not necessarily. Not if we've got that interaction of the two different dimensional worlds starting to overlap each other. Which, <clears throat> excuse me, coincidentally is exactly what happens in some of the Marvel movies. You know, with Thor and Loki and all. Ooh, it's almost like somebody somewhere is trying to tell us something. Hmm. It would also explain why things are happening faster and faster. News cycles, everything seems to be crunching. He's talking about time is speeding up exponentially. And when I looked at the brief on this, it's like there's a clock and we're winding down to zero. Now, this is a couple of years old in this story here. But it goes back to about the time when I first noticed this phenomenon. And I noticed it because I was looking at other things. I have a color memory. Excuse me, just a second here. Like, like Charlie said, Florida and pollens and weather change, it's, he and I are both suffering from it. I wouldn't have noticed the difference in the sky color if I didn't have the color memory I have. It wouldn't have ever, no, I would have never noticed it. And it's not just the sky. Everything seems grayed, like it's farther away. Well, here's the thing. If time is speeding up, but you have an inner overlap of two different time dimensions somehow in play here, the time it takes for the light to get from whatever it is I'm looking at in the distance to my eyes, 
it's taking longer. Time's speeding up, but it's actually taking longer because you're dealing with two different time dimensions that are overlapping and interplaying. One dimension's speeding up. So instead of taking 10 seconds, now it takes eight. Well, if it only takes eight seconds, then the light should get to me faster, except it's not. What's happening is what could be happening. This is all just wild speculative theory that a physicist would listen to me and think you're crazy, Joe, except the physicist doesn't accept the spirit world. If he did, he'd probably be sitting down going, uh-oh, let me listen. I bet you I could get Hugh Ross's attention to listen to me in this. And he might even take it and run with it. But what's happening is in, in the, the speeding up zone, it, it's gone from 10 to 8 seconds. But it's taking that 8 seconds, the light has to travel the same distance. So it actually looks like the object I'm seeing is farther away, not closer. It's, it's kind of like a parallax. Um, where you think it should be brighter because it should appear closer, it's not. It actually appears farther away. And this is a trick of physics. And it also is one of these things that if you're not understanding inter interconnecting or overlapping dimensions, this is hard to explain. But this is something that clicks in my head. I see it. So I'm either absolutely crazy, which is okay because a lot of people think I am. But then again, somebody tells me that the line between genius and insanity is very thin. I don't know. You decide for yourself. But this works for me. And until I saw that Art Bell thing this morning, when I was looking for something to throw up here to ent entertain you folks today, I still hadn't had my solution to my problem. I was aware of it. I'd been chewing on it for several years. And then I saw this and I'm like, ha ha, there's the answer. So all this clicked in my head and I haven't had a, <laughs> yeah, he's a bright boy, but his bulb is burnt out. You're right. My bulb's out. I got it. <laughs> you behave, Marianne. Sit down and simmer down. You 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 know too much. You've you've got inside information. Good picture of your father, by the way. Essentially, what it what it comes down to is all the foundations of the world are being shaken, folks. Tolikos, unless those days were shortened, yes. And it could mean it in two different ways, unless the days were cut short and shortened. Yes. And it's like one third of the sun will disappear. What if what that's actually telling us is one third of the daylight will disappear? Or one third of time. In other words, crunched. You and I, being inside it, wouldn't notice it as as readily as you might think you would because it's like the boiling frog but you're going to have some quirky weirdos like me who catch different things like the colors aren't what they should be anymore how many folks have a color memory i've looked into it it's like less than one percent of the population it's small it's known. It's weird. Science doesn't understand how we do it. I've known my wife, BB, for 20-something years. I do the decoration in our house because I'm sensitive to colors and color matches. If, if certain colors clash, it, it kind of bugs me. It's like fingernails down a chalkboard for some people. That doesn't bother me. You can do that all day long. I don't, I don't care. You put the wrong colors together, and it's just like, ugh, I can't look at that. It's just something about the light wave frequencies. It's just th those colors don't go together, man. Don't do that. So I decorate the house because if you put the wrong colors together, I can't live in that room. Literally. I mean, it's just weird. It's, I, I got no control over it. 
And all the time I've known her, I mi- missed one color match. And not by much, but it was one of the hardest colors to match. I was trying to match a wine color, a, a, a blue-red wine color. That is a hard one to get. That one's tough. And I picked something that was a little too on the blue side. So we had to get rid of those throw pick pillows. Needed to be just a touch more red to match. And those are also two colors that when you put those blue-red wine-colored colors together, you know, the, the, from purple to red-purple to blue-purple, if you don't match them right, they don't look good together at all, at least not to me. But other than that, in, in 20-something years with my wife, I've missed one color match one time. If you knew what I do for a living, and like I said, the secret squirrel knows, color is very important to me. It's, it's part and parcel with my, with my job, my industry, and what I do. I'm good with colors. Um, it's also why if you go into my shop, you're going to find that I'm running true daylight light bulbs in my shop. They can be expensive. They're kind of like ot lights, and they drive most people crazy because it's like being out in the bright sunlight, but you're in my shop where color has to be true. And the only way it's going to be true is if you're in that true daylight wavelength. So in my shop can be kind of weird. If you're working in there at night, it'll mess up your circadian rhythms because you think it's daytime. Your body will think you're in day, even though it's the middle of the night. And we used to have a guy who worked for us in through the night and uh, it messed up the way he saw the world. It, it screwed with his biological rhythms after a while. So yeah, color's a sensitive thing to me. And it, and, and it brought, when I saw that Art Bell thing, I'm like, holy cow, there's the thing I'm missing. It may not be reality, but it fits. It works. And until I find something better, I'm going to stick with it. Kind of like Starship Troopers. All right. That's my answer. Until I'm dead or you find a better answer one way or the other. But what I think we have here is an overlapping of the spirit realm with the material realm, almost like somebody opened a pit somewhere. Gee, where have I heard that before, Charlie? And almost like somebody let all the imprisoned watchers out. Some of them are seraphim. Seraphim looking like snake people or lizard people. Ooh, where have I heard the stories of lizard people before? You know, that starts for the first time in history since the ancient times. Because lizard people are in the ancient times. I've shown you pictures of the statues before. But after the cross, they seem to disappear. And then uh, now they're back. Relatively recently, like the lizard people started about, the phenomenon started about 1950, somewhere in that area. But there's good reason to believe that the pit was opened in 1947 or 48 or 49, somewhere in that area. About the time that, excuse me, about the time I would expect these um, these seraphim to be, fallen seraphim to be coming up out of the, out of the Tartaru when the pit was open. About the time we kick God out of the public square. About the time the world quits recognizing the Messiah. About the time the world quits believing in God altogether. About the time the world started to come undone. Gee, it's almost like World War II might have actually had something to do with the Battle of Gog and Magog somehow or another. And probably not. But if you saw our series on prophecy this summer, 15 videos. You might be tracking with me here right now. 
you might have ears to hear and eyes to see. You might know exactly where I'm running with this. And you might think, okay, yeah, last year I'd have thought you're a kook, Joe. But right now, I'm like, eh, maybe not. Especially if you watch yesterday's show. And you understand that you have to look at the spirit realm as being just as real as the physical, if not more. And if you do that and the pit is opened, these realms might start crossing with each other again, like they used to do back in the Garden of Eden. Mm, you know, before the fall. Before the universes were separated. It, what? It, yeah, it all fits, folks. This all works. It could have been that what we think of as the spirit world or a parallel universe it used to be accessible from to us when we were, you know, before the fallen age. And it could have been that that's because we're told in the Bible after the fall, the, the, the world is cursed. It could have been that Yahweh just says, okay, well, I'll lop off that part of it, stick it over there and call that the material world now. Now, his, you know, what we think of as heavenly realm, the spirit world, it can still interact with us, but there's a chasm between us and it. We can't interact with it until the pit gets opened. And the pit might actually allow the two worlds to not totally interact again, but brush up against each other and do weird things. Quantum physics tells us that the universe is actually shaped like a giant U and that it's infinitesimally close together, supposedly. This is theoretical physics. And the surfaces are in a sine wave, so if they ever touch, this universe will burn up like a scroll. Where have we seen that one before, Charlie? I, I've never read about the universe burning up like a scroll anywhere before. Anyhow. No, 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 no. Never heard of that before. Science in the Bible way before quantum physics was ever. It was just a coincidence. <laughs> and it could just be. I don't know. All I know is that I had noticed the colors were off. And then I wasn't able to get things done as much as I wanted to do before. I, I was always able to get done. Things were getting to where I can't get it done in time anymore. I thought I was just getting old and slower, but now that you're talking about this, I'm... And when I saw that, when I saw that, it may not be the answer, but when I saw that, I was like, ha ha, that would explain it. So until somebody gives me a better explanation... And I know, I know, I know the scoffer comes along and says, you're just getting old, Joe, and you don't recognize that the colors are, uh-uh, mm-mm. you might be able to pull that off with somebody else, but not with this boy. I have a 50, what, eight, 57, 58 year record, 57 year record of being dang good with colors. And I got a color memory over time and distance. I'm good with this. And it's been irking me for years now because I couldn't come up with an explanation for it until now. And when I find the pieces, folks, they just go click right into place. Now, if you're relatively new to this show, you're justified to think I'm bat crap crazy. If you've been with me pretty much since the beginning, how do you like me now? You probably don't think I'm bat crap. You may not agree with me, but you probably, if you're honest with yourself, going, okay, uh, 
I don't like it. I'm not going to agree with it, but eh, he's done this several times now over the last year and two months, and he's proved himself right every time. I'm not as crazy as people think I am once they understand everything that I, I'm, I'm privy to. It's not that I'm smarter than you are. I just spend my free time Hoover vacuuming up every piece of information I can get my hands on, no matter what it is. Like I said, it's been a while, but I used to study needlepoint and crochet and, well, not crochet, needlepoint and cross-stitch and, you know, latch making. I, I used to make, I used to do it. I did needlepoint and cross-stitch. We have a pillow at home, a throw pillow that I drew the pattern out and I did the, the needlepoint and everything in it. My wife still has it somewhere. So, yeah. I, 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 everything. I know how to cook. I'm, I'll make you fat. I'm a good cook, but my wife won't let me cook because I'm a messy cook and she's a clean freak. So she just won't let me in the kitchen. Drives her crazy, but I can cook. Um, that's why I was really good with qualitative analysis and chemistry. You know, where you sit there, you measure everything out and you cook all your, I was really good at that. That's why I'm good at the job I do. Cause all I'm really doing is qualitative chemistry analysis, you know, and just operating chemical reactions all day long. Um, I've been a drafter classically trained i hate drafting on a computer but you know i know how to do it by hand uh i can draw i can paint i'm an artist it, it, it i'm a i'm a polyglot I, I can do just polymath rather i can do dang near anything i get bored easy so i don't sit in one place and that's probably why i see these things i get bored so i move on to something else and it doesn't matter what it is as long as it's new. So I study it. I've been a mechanic, um, engineer, philosopher, sociologist, psychiatry and psychology, uh, archaeology, anthropology. I mean, it, it, I've studied a little bit of just about everything. Till a friend of mine once told me, the, what, Marianne would know him, Carrie Copeland. She'll remember him. It's probably my oldest friend and my best friend goes way back, um, ninth grade. And, uh, he once told me that I had learned more and more about less and less that now I know everything about nothing. And he's kind of right in a way. It doesn't mean I'm smarter than everybody else in the world. It's not what I'm getting at. What I'm trying to drive at in a very bad way. I know it sounds arrogant to a lot of people. You have to have a very broad knowledge to see what's going on. And that's why we jump all over the place on this show. I'm trying to share a broad knowledge with a little bit more depth than most people would look at it. I don't want you to see just the surface. I want you to see just below it, at least a little below the surface of the water, as much as I can show you of the water. Eventually, and maybe not for all of you, but eventually a lot of you, it's going to start clicking. And you're going to start understanding that it's not craziness. And if it is, you're my kind of crazy. Well, guess what, folks? You can't inherit crazy by watching a TV show. People say, yeah, it's cult. Cult is based on cult of personality. We tell you I'm an acquired taste for a reason, Jack. I am never going to start a cult of personality. I'm too caustic. I know this. And it's probably a good thing. It's probably a blessing. It keeps me from starting a cult of personality. Um, keeps me from ever being too influential in somebody's life. 
And that's a good thing. It's defense for me and you. But days like this, where I talk to you about really whacked out stuff that I normally keep to myself, I don't know how to prove this to you. I don't. I just know as a fact that the colors are not the same. They're not. It's bugging me. I have proved to many of you that contradictions, they light up in my head. They literally, if you're telling me something today that contradicts with something you told me two years ago, the only way I know how to illustrate it to you is as a light in my head. It's not really a light, but it's like, all of a sudden, the two things will be, it'll be the only thing I can concentrate on, the only thing I can think of. And it bugs the snot out of me until I, I have to find a resolution to it. Most of the time, it's just a case of, okay, were you trying to lie to me or did you forget this? Or, you know, I start resolving it. I think I've proven that to a lot of you. If you're a long-term class member, I think I've shown you this. I'm, I've demonstrated it. Well, color is the same thing for me. It, colors, I'm very, very sensitive to them. So I knew the colors were not right. And I knew it was like they were farther away, which would mean that the universe is expanding. Unless, of course, time is also contracting. And remember, I've already told you that physics has shown that time is slowing down, not speeding up. Well, if time is slowing down, that doesn't explain this phenomena I'm seeing unless the two time dimensions are interacting and one is speeding up and one is slowing down. And then it all clicks. Coming on the board from James Holt. I think that the biggest advantage of having a broad knowledge base is the ability to comfortably see, apply, and communicate relationships between seemingly unrelated fields. Yes, sir. I would agree with you. Seems to be one of my biggest strengths. Seems to be something that not by, if you asked me, I wouldn't have never told you that. It's what all of you in the class are always telling me. Is that I seem to be able to not only connect it, but help you see the connections, explain them. I'm assuming since so many of you are still here and following the show, there's got to be some truth to that. Otherwise, by God, you should have left by now screaming, running away. That man is crazy as a moon bat. But you're here. And every time I hand one of you a thread and you go pull on it for yourself, you end up getting exactly where I knew you were going to get. And I don't even have to tell you the destination of the thread. I just hand it to you and say, see where this takes you. And you usually report back with exactly what I knew you were going to find. Water jug, you're a witness here, brother. I handed you a thread on uh, Mr. Franklin one time, didn't I? What'd you find when you ran that thread down? Exactly what I told you you were going to find. <laughs> I know, James. I, William's talking to me. Mr. Holt is talking to me in the comments. He says, I get it. He's, he's had that experience with me. Uh, several of your classmates have had personal experiences with me where like, you're crazy, Joe. Run this down. They run it down. They come back to me. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Excuse me. Say, yup. I knew you were going to get there. Many paths to one truth. If you're sincerely seeking, you will find that truth. Oh, if you seek me, you will find me and you always end up finding the same creator. You may not call him by the same name, but he has the same Shem, the same character, the same nature. Just like he says, 
Interesting. It's almost like maybe if I test the Bible on the Bible's terms, it stands up every time. Hmm. What do you mean by on its terms? Okay, well, if I'm going to go to, let's go back to, you know, uh, Big Bang World, and I'm going to test Star Wars according to the terms of Indiana Jones. And see, Star Wars doesn't hold up. What do you mean? Well, look, I got Han Solo and Indiana Jones, and I got Han Solo in Star Wars. And I'm going to test Star Wars according to Indiana Jones. Well, no wonder it doesn't hold up. It's two different storylines. Well, if you're going to test the Bible according to science, well, no wonder you're not going to be able to prove it. You came at it the wrong way. You got to come at it according to theology spiritual logic and when you do that and yes i said logic when you do that easy peasy just saying same thing with the colors and the time changes i see it i don't know how to explain it to you well that means you're crazy and you don't see it joe eh, hang around me long enough James Holt says, I found that in, in its, his youth, Franklin claimed to be a deist, but in his older years, Franklin confessed his desire to found and reside in a community based on the teachings of the Bible. <laughs> he grew up, man. What can I say? And no, James, I did not win. No, 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 no. You won, brother. I don't ever want you to believe anything because I say it, James. I don't want anybody to, in this classroom, don't you ever believe anything because Joe said it. Go prove it to yourself, like Mr. Holt did. Mr. Holt won because he corrected the falsehoods that his teachers taught him. And I will extend grace to his teachers, thinking that maybe they were just teaching what they were taught by their teachers. The difference is Mr. Holt is personally curious enough that he will check what somebody tells him, and he did. That's why he won. This is his enlightenment, his betterment, his expanding on his life. It's got nothing to do with me. And I, I get no credit for this whatsoever. You do not get credit for saying fire's hot and water's wet. Nobody should claim anything for stating the obvious. If you state a truth, you've stated a truth. Big deal. Why should you get credit for up? Up is up. Down is down. You know, fire's hot, water's wet. Make me president. Pfft, no. That's all that was going on with me and Mr. Holt. I explained to him that he had been taught wrong somewhere along the line. I showed him where to go find it. He went to prove me wrong. Ran into Mr. Franklin personally. Mr. Franklin turned out to be somebody different than Mr. Holt's teachers said he was. James wins, not me. Yeah, Wade, I've heard that. Um, and I got a couple of beekeepers in my area. It says I need to find some local honey that comes within 10 miles of your home for your allergies. I've tried that um, several times. It'll help a little bit, but it doesn't alleviate this. I've got multiple problems dealing with this. Uh, Wade, you'll you'll understand this. I'm pretty sure that you know that some of us in Desert Storm, I, I had hay fever my whole life. They gave me allergy shots. It helped a little bit. The Tupelo honey helps a little bit, but I've always had allergies my whole life. But a big part of my problem right now is I have lung damage. I was with the breach force for 2nd Marine Division during Desert Storm. 
and you happen to probably know that there was mustard nerve agent in the breach. Now the defense department denied that for a lot of, a lot of years, but they, they recently undeclassified eight pages of documents that said, yeah, we know there was nerve and mustard in the breach. And a lot of guys got contaminated and were never decontaminated. And that's part of the desert storm syndrome. Those of us that had trouble breathing when we came back and, and we couldn't run, you used to be able to run a first class PFT, you know, three miles in 18 minutes, 18 year old men, they came back a year later, they're 19 and they can't, they can't run three miles in an hour. That's not normal. And a lot of us got, got sick the third day after the fourth day after the war ended. Um, they parked us in an area under some high power lines where there were a bunch, there were piles of dead goats and the goats had been dead for a while. Nobody thought anything of it, but, um, this is the day we took off all our mop gear. We start working on the tanks and about a third of the unit got sick. We got dizzy, disoriented headaches, dilated eyes, rapid heartbeat, rapid, short, shallow breathing. Charlie, what did I just describe? Well, you probably had pinpointed pupils rather than dilated. Well, yeah. But if you had that, uh, that is the classic symptoms of nerve agent. Yeah, yeah. And Doc wrote that down in his book. And guess what disappeared from the battalion records? Doc's logbooks. So, yeah. And Doc even, I remember I was in a tent and he was talking to the CO outside the tent. And I do remember him talking about he wanted to give everybody atropine out of our gas masks. And the CO wouldn't let him do it. Um, so anyhow, my breathing is related to that and it will probably end up killing me, but that's okay. That just means I died in desert storm and I just didn't fall over for several decades. Those of uh, my friends and, and buddies that served in Vietnam, they know exactly how that works and we're being treated by the same government. So James Holt says, I'm happy that our founders left such an immense wealth of their own beliefs, principles, and philosophies in their private and public writings. I've read a lot that you've recommended, but I feel like I'm um, at only the second layer of the onion so far. Yeah, but they all wrote to each other about preserving those documents for this exact reason, so that you and I would be able to go back and find out what they were thinking and why. You might have even run into them making those comments to each other. Jefferson sent the entire colonial, you know, all of the people in the colonies, the whole colonial, the new nation, he sent them on a quest to scoop up and hoover up those documents and preserve them. It's one of the reasons the Library of Congress was established. I don't think it was Jefferson that did it, but it was one of the reasons it was established. And yeah, that's it's it's amazing what you're going to find when you start reading, just like you'll read. If you read them, you can trace Jefferson's religious beliefs with orthodox mainstream Christianity through his life. And at the time, Christianity was wrestling with the divinity of Christ and the Trinity and a bunch of other things. It was a in reaction to Catholicism. And, and it's, you know, it's only a hundred years, not even a hundred years after the Great Reformation. And just on in the Great Reformation wasn't all that long after the tail end of, of the Reformation movement itself in Europe. Yeah, I mean, the, the Great Awakening, rather. So they had the Reformation, the Great Awakening, and then they're wrestling with the Trinity. So at the time, he writes that letter where he said he believes in the teachings of Jesus, but he had doubts about his divinity. That's the exact same time he's in a Unitarian church with John Adams. 
Well, no wonder he's writing about that. That's exactly what's going on in the greater body of the church at the time. You have to line these documents up with when they were written in his life. It's just like Mr. Holt told us when, when Franklin was younger, he thinks, okay, well, you know, you, you have the um, age of reason dawning in Europe and it's bleeding over into the colony. So he says, science is the solution. Well, he lives a long life. And by the time he's done, he's like, uh, uh-uh, no, I've learned better. Science is good because he was a scientist, but you have to have the creator. So he changes and he, he writes his own epitaph and his own epitaph sounds like something written by a very a, a, a orthodox believing Jew. So he was looking forward to the resurrection. There are only three religions known to man that look forward to the resurrection, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. So, and they all three come from the Bible. They all three stem from Abraham. Where the heck did a deist get there? He doesn't. All it means, though, is that when somebody quotes all those deist things from Franklin, you have to put those in the order of his life. Yes, he wrote them when he was young. Those of us who are, you know, older than 30 or 40, look back on who you were in high school. You ain't the same hammer knocker anymore, are you? Well, you know, if you're not a socialist when you're young, you have no heart. If you're not a conservative when you're older, you have no brain. Bismarck is the one I think said it first, but it's been quoted, you know, attributed to other people. So at times, Genevieve Thomas, at times, I believe our government does these things so they can document the reactions of chemicals on people. Well, in this case, what happened in Desert Storm was the Iraqis put chemical mines in a minefield. That's common practice. In this instance, this could have just been a fact that Desert Storm moved too fast and nobody thought to do anything about it. And they thought that three and a half days later, we could come out of our mop gear and we'd be okay. They forgot that persistent agents on vehicles have a habit of sticking up underneath the undersides so that when you start working on them, you'll find the persistent agents. That's what happened to us. I think in this case, it was just an honest oversight and a mistake, lack of poor, poor lack of planning. And it just happened. Um, anyhow. <laughs> I like that one. Let me read that one real quick, folks. We're just about to wrap up, but there's some good comments on the board. Mr. Holt again says, once you start reading their words, you quickly realize that each of the founders are simply one man in one place at one moment trying to do the best they can to frame a free, functional nation. Yes. But they were trying to do so using wisdom guided by experience. And they were looking at the totalitarian of human history to do so. They went all the way back to the ancient Greeks and to the Bible, all the way back to Moses, which is why Moses, the lawgiver, is the central figure on the engravings around the Supreme Court. So, And he's not the only one. You're going to find what Christians would call secular lawgivers in that. He's just the centerpiece, which is why some people will look at it and they'll say, well, look, the founders were secularists. Mm, go read them and come back and talk to me later. No, they were just reasonable people. They understood that there was, you know, there's your faith and then there's the world that man lives in and we got to blend the two somehow so that everybody gets along. All right, about ready to wrap this one up for today. 
Hugh guys, I, I've seen the board slow down when I quit talking about weird crap. The weirdest thing I left you with was the last one we talked about time speeding up and slowing down at the same time. And I just figured some of this out just because colors aren't the same anymore. Skies are on color blue. Uh-huh. So I'll leave you thinking Joe's barking moon bat today. I'll be better tomorrow because I'm going to have donuts. Yes. Tomorrow is Joe on donuts day. Tomorrow will be a continuation of where I've left off. Craziness. Bring whatever you want to bring tomorrow, man. Get this board hopping with all sorts of silly stuff. Tomorrow's Ask Joe Anything Day. And I will just ramble about whatever the heck I feel like talking about. Next week, the whole week of Thanksgiving, we're taking off. I need a vacation. My crew needs a break. We couldn't figure out how to do replays. It doesn't matter. If you if you just crave more Road to Concord, cool, thank you. <laughs> Go pick one. We've, we've got the Rumble... Uh, Rumble uh, records go all the way back to show number 74 i think go pick one pick one of the early ones if you're new to the class um it was done a little different we, we've got the studio since then before then i was just working in my son's kitchen and it was it was very different so but um go do a replay every day or work your way through some of the material i've handed you in your in your class notes just you know when we say goodbye tomorrow, you know, for, for a week, we'll, we'll, we'll do the, you know, standard wish you a happy Thanksgiving and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, we love each and every one of you for being here. We thank you for being here. We hope we're serving you. The whole purpose of being here is to serve you. We hope we educate you in some way, shape or form. Even if it's just to amuse you, we're serving you. If we're doing something you like, please hit the thumbs up and the like buttons that talks to Charlie and to, Natasha and, and to me tells us we're doing okay that you know you're we're your kind of warped that's what it tells us and uh if you think that the show is educational please share it with others send it directly to them if you just pop it up on your social media it will get filtered I promise you we know this for a fact um just warn them about me and I, I sincerely mean that I know that I'm broken I know I'm a I'm an acquired taste we don't know any other way to put it. Wasabi black coffee. <laughs> Problem is our AI, our AI, since it went sentient and female, likes wasabi black coffee. So we're trying to find a new new illustration here that the AI doesn't. But of course, our AI is a little on the warp side. It'll probably like whatever we come up with. Um, it's probably a reflection of the fact that we wrote the programming. You know, what can I say? Y'all take care of your stuff. Yes, AI? It's your fault you made an iced version. <laughs> Y'all take care of yourselves. Stay safe. We will see you tomorrow for free day. Bye-bye. <laughs>